All right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Irrational Fan Podcast. We are coming at you this week with a little bit of a change in pace. Uh, Jens, we've been doing a lot of basketball, a lot of football content, um, you know, some dives on, on the Chicago side of things. That's obviously our fandom background. But we are taking things international this week. I international. Believe that we I believe that we will win. There it uh, is. There the it is. Jesse, Jesse just got introduced oh, man. to that champ. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited already. We are going to be talking World Cup preview. It is here, the 2022 World Cup. Uh, the One of the few events outside of the Olympics that happens only once every four years. Um, and it has been a long time since anybody in the United States has really had a reason to watch it if you don't care about soccer in general, kind of like myself, because the USA didn't even make the World Cup four years ago in 2018. So for this episode, um, Jensen, you know, probably a little bit more of a, of a soccer uh, football fan than myself. I've kind of just tapped myself out in sports. My most recent adoption as a sports fan is F1. Um, but I just, I kind of have watched my my main four major American sports and not really expanded beyond that. I'm not even like a college sports fan. Sorry if that disappoints anyone. But we have brought in our good friend, Mr. Cody Wason, for this week's episode. Um, Cody is a lifelong friend of Jensen and I, and uh, he was always around us doing all of our sporting activities as family, as friend, friend groups. We were just doing all our lackluster athletic endeavors together and uh, many fantasy leagues over the years. And Cody has become uh, a bit of an international soccer fan over the last uh, little while here. So we have decided to bring Cody in to try and educate us as our as American ignorant soccer fans on what we have to be excited for going into the World Cup this week. So, Cody, welcome to the pod. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, no, I'm it, it, I'm excited. I love it. Um, best sporting events in the world, World Cup and March Madness. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. And I'm excited to take on the challenge of trying. I, I think you guys represent kind of the cross-section of the average passionate American sports fan. And so if I can talk you guys into, or whoever's listening, whenever they listen, into caring a little bit more about soccer, that's my goal today. Awesome. Or with this podcast today, tomorrow, Jen, whenever you listen you know, to it. Jensen, I kind of told a little bit about like my soccer fandom knowledge, which is basically nil. That's a soccer term. <laughs> Worked that one in. I did just finish watching up, uh, season one of Ted Lasso. So go. that's really most of the research I did for this episode. Yeah. Truly, yeah. it um, is actually kind of educational. Jen, Jensen, really I'd is. say you're you're a, a, a tier above that. Um, you you have a team that you cheer for. Tell us a little bit about like where you're coming from here, and then Cody will let you fill us in on your uh, where yeah. you're coming at. So I um, am surrounded by a lot of soccer fans, specifically EPL fans in my life. What's um, the EPL? English Premier League for, for all of there you out go. there. The best league Cody, in the world. The, the best league and the most competitive league. In, this is for in Jordan's world. sake and maybe Sherry as well that we're explaining all these acronyms. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it's good it's good, Cody, because me and Jesse will probably try to impress you with us knowing terms, and then you can go, hey, that's great, guys. But I'm my goal is different than just to kind of understand things. So I'm gonna you yeah. stop and correct us if we if we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, 
I started following Chelsea, uh, not as a super passionate supporter. They're called supporters over there. Um, and the only reason I did it was he was my LeBron. You know, there's these NBA fans where like they just follow LeBron. They've been Cavs fans. They've been Heat fans. They're now Lakers fans. You're saying Chelsea was your LeBron or there was a player that was your LeBron? I'm getting there. So Chelsea, I picked there because Christian Pulisic, who was in the Bundesliga, which is the German league, he was with Dortmund. And then Chelsea signed him from from Dortmund over to the English Premier League. And so I picked up Chelsea, what? It's been at least two years. I think it was three years he's been on Chelsea now. Um, And knowing that he has the potential, and Cody, you can tell me if I'm wrong, and this isn't you know, a, a U.S. men's national team pod, but he has the potential to be the greatest American-born soccer player. Would you say that's fair? I'd say that's fair. It's more of an indictment on how low the bar is. I don't, I don't have... Listen, I'm not a... I don't want to hate on Christian Pulisic. Um, sure. He's good. He's, he's, on, he's, in a big, he's on a big six team in Europe. It's, it's, really, it's a testament to how far American talent has come, but we have a long way to go. I'd keep my eye yep. on Gio Reyna, but but yep. I like Pulisic, yeah. So let me let so me we, just say, I'd say probably if you are excited to watch the World Cup, you probably know five names. I I would say they are like in the world, <clears throat> worldwide. I think yeah. you probably so like the the you names that I'm aware of. This can be a personal. This can you be represent America. Right it's now, possible Jesse. one of the players I'm going to name here is retired here. I'm not sh- completely sure. Lionel Messi. Correct. Yep. Uh, Cristiano con- Ronaldo. Can we go country? Just we're just gonna okay. Argentina. Not Messi yeah. is on Argentina. I know that Great. much. Uh, Ronaldo is Portugal. Portugal. Uh, and then it starts getting into guys like Sergio Ramos. Does he still play? Uh, I, I don't know. know that he got picked by no? Spain. No, he won't be in it this I mean, year. He's no? still, okay, so no he Ramos. Still All right, so this for for Paris Saint Germain. I don't know. That okay, he got, got you. Picked by the okay, squad. got you. So that's still, like internationally. That's basically where I drop off. After you know, in terms of players, I think are still active. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I've got Christian Pulisic, uh, Weston McKinney. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Josh Sargent, um, Gio Reyna. I've heard. Um, and Tim Howard, which I'm, he's pretty much, I, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gone, he's right? Retired. Yeah, he's retired. gone. Okay. Yeah. Ah, that's okay. Funny. Oh, and, okay. um, and, oh, and the 2016, 16 breakout or 24, was it 14? Gosh, it was 2014. Holy cow. Um, the, the defensive back, he does still play for him. He had like his breakout in the 2014 World Cup. Um, DeAndre Yedlin? No, he's, yes, Yedlin. I know Yedlin. Yeah. And so, okay. And Jesse, I will give you those more are the credit. players I've been told that I should be excited about on the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of where my my scope is, right? In terms of what yeah. we what we've got going on here. And okay. let me let me just give you a little more credit, and then I'm gonna hand it over to you, Cody. Jesse, you know okay. just just to help you, you know players like Neymar, still one of the best in the world. You know yep, Mbappe. Neymar. Yeah, like, that's true. That's you true. Know, oh, and um, uh, sa sa sa. Salem, Salem, Salah, uh, Mosala, Salah, Salah. He actually it is. is not. Egypt did not make the. Uh, yeah, he won't be in the World, the World Cup, Cup. But he's, oh wow, he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you know you know more than I. I than I'm I underselling myself a little bit, but the yeah. reality is, just because I'm aware of some names, I really do not follow the sport. But I am amped up for the World Cup because yeah. it is so fun. Cody, tell us a little bit about how you got into soccer as someone who didn't. I don't think you really grew up playing it. Yeah. Um, we're certainly I, when we were a, friend, a fan when we were in high school. So how did you get into it? 
Yeah, so I played on the orange team as a kid, and it didn't. <laughs> it just didn't take and, the mighty um, orange team. Yeah, and so, yeah, I was a card carrying member of the anti soccer. Um, I'm gonna like American football is the crown jewel of sports. All the the big four in America, uh, all throughout high school into college, I was the guy that. I ragged on soccer. I didn't like it. I thought it was, you know, really, really lame, really dumb. I followed Chelsea back in uh, 2008, but um, that wasn't the soccer team. That was a girl. And uh, so I I wasn't anywhere near. I was nowhere near um, high-level soccer at all. And so... Um, my story is really um, the, f- the fear of missing out and wanting, wanting to be able to talk sports with my buddies. Um, when I moved to, to Salt Lake City, Utah, um, you know, two of my best buddies, we could talk about everything. Uh, this is like, kind of like you guys. We could talk football, baseball, basketball. We, we, we were in it. And, uh, and I noticed that they also followed uh, English soccer. And one day we were all hanging out and they were, and they were like, Cody, you just, we know you don't like soccer, but follow a team so that we can talk about it with mm-hmm. you. Um, cause you know, all this stuff. And I said, okay. And I, I randomly completely, I looked at the names and the logos of, of the teams in the English premier league. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I picked, uh, I picked the one I liked the most. I, it was like a, a word correlation or what's that, um, you know, you look at a, a word and you think of what comes word to mind first. Word association. Thank you. I, I, I looked at this list of English Premier League teams and it was teams like Liverpool. And I was like, I that's yeah. disgusting. I don't want to root for, <laughs> I don't want to yell, go Liverpool. Like, sure. um, or like there's a team called Crystal Palace. And I was like, that that sounds like an Asian takeout. Like, I don't, <laughs> that, that can't be my team. And I kept going through the list until I found Arsenal, um, and uh, I liked their logo. I liked it, and so I started following Arsenal Football Club about six, seven years ago. And um, it it started out as I'm gonna just do this so that I can talk to my buddies about it. But I'll tell you what, I went all in on it. I started watching the games. I started following fan accounts on Twitter. Well, yeah, and by watching the games, like. This is that, yeah. That's granted, a commitment all, over all in England, into itself. You're, you're waking up at four, yeah, five, but, six, seven, eight a.m. Sometimes watching. It's a six-hour uh, difference where I am now in the Central Time Zone. So um, if they play at noon in England, I'm I'm getting up at five forty-five to be ready for the six a.m. kickoff here in uh, With in a Texas. Pint which, in hand. <laughs> um, no, no, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I. I started out and I just I had no idea. I I didn't like soccer. I thought it was boring. You know when when the English Premier League started trying to get into American uh, homes on the TV sets, uh, the, the the I think it was NBC was the first one, like maybe, mm-hmm. and that was where Ted Lasso was literally born out of a commercial for soccer coming to America. And so really? they yeah, if you if you look at that. it. The um, what's his name? Uh, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, they hired him to do a commercial for. You could go back and look it up for no um, the, the English Premier League, and it's him. That's amazing. As Ted Lasso, I don't think he had the name Ted Lasso, but him playing an American who took over um, an English soccer team. Oh, I and have to make this <laughs> and he starts. Check that out. 
And he starts. So this um, is our first fact check of the podcast. Yeah. We need to make sure the story no, checks so out. You know, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Look, go look it up. It's, it's a really funny commercial. And at the end of it, it's like a whole tagline for like Premier League mornings coming to NBC or something. You know, like they're trying to get soccer into America. And um, Ted Lasso would come years later. So, yeah. August and 3rd, J- 2013 is a stamp I'm reading. That's amazing. And so if you watch that commercial, obviously we can't watch it right now, but if you watch that commercial, it is the perfect embodiment of how Americans felt about soccer. He's this American who suddenly has this fictional uh, soccer team that he's taken over, and he's learning on the fly all the rules. And so he's at press conferences, and he's going, well, you know what, we're going to you know, we're going to play till the end of the game and we're, you know, until there's a winner and a loser. And, and then, you know, I don't know if you guys are remembering this, but he's like, you know, the press in the, in the commercial, like, you know, you can tie. And he's like, wait, you can tie. There's no playoffs. Like what (laughs) is this? Ironically enough, you can, you can also tie in the NFL now, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I was, I just had no idea about the sport. I had no idea what to watch when I was watching the game. It was I didn't know tactics. I didn't know strategy. I didn't know if players were good or not. I didn't yeah. know. I was frustrated by how every time they got tackled, um, they acted like they got shot by a sniper. Like I was just so like, oh, this is well, so. That's still annoying, isn't it? Oh, still very annoying. But you know, the more I watch like American sports, I see it more in American sports too. Uh, I see the. Yeah, but we don't have to get into that. I am going to, just so you're prepared, I am going to juxtapose my basketball fandom with soccer fandom. And it'll make sense here in a few minutes. But um, Our audience loves analogies, so this is perfect. <laughs> Comparisons, so we'll see, it's awesome. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I just kept um, I just kept showing up, watching games by myself. And, and then what I found really helped, I, I got on Twitter, I started following fan accounts you know, these big like 100, 200,000 follower accounts. And I would literally watch the game. And as I'm watching, I would pull up Twitter and I would watch what they're saying. Like, oh, that was a great play by so-and-so. And I'd go, oh, was it? Okay, let me rewind. Oh, okay, that's that's a good play. Okay, I, I had no idea. Wow, very smart. What and and, um, and I fell I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. And still to this day, I, um, I, I have a lot to learn in terms of... Um, when you follow the world's most popular sport and and, it, and its best league, I mean, there are players from all over the world playing in that league, and there mm. are transfers being made. You know, Arsenal is looking at a guy um, in the Ukraine right now, and they're getting ready to spend 60 million pounds to, got, to, to pull this kid out of Ukraine to play on their team. And it's wild. It's absolutely yeah. wild. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah, the so, talent pool is vast. Like in yeah. a, in a, and the way that it all feeds into the teams is pretty wild. Yeah, what I have found, and here's my hope for the World Cup for all of us, is uh, the excitement level that I find watching an average Arsenal or an average soccer game. Mm. Uh, it feels like for the um, for any of the big four in America. The equivalent amount of sitting on edge and and intensity of watching it's it's playoffs. Watching mm. a midseason Arsenal game for me is like watching the Bulls in the playoffs. It's watching the uh, the, the 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 Bears. We, I mean, we don't get to do this very often. But <laughs> he was like, "When was the last Bears playoff game?" Yeah, it's that level of 
you know, when, you know, think of the Cubs in 2016 or the Blackhawks when they were going on their incredible runs um, or whatever, where everything, playoff baseball, base, regular season baseball, I could take or leave. I follow it because I'm a fan, but when it comes to playoffs, I'm on the edge of my seat for every pitch. And it's, it's the best. It's, it's awesome. Playoff hockey is, is incredible. Yeah. Um, and I find myself that How level. How many games are in a, in a standard like European soccer league season? Uh, 38. Oh, that's more than I would have thought. Okay, 38. Yeah, so there's 38 games in a Premier League season, and uh, and I, you know when I as I've become a huge fan of soccer, what used to annoy me, which is low scoring, has become one of my favorite parts of it, um, because the entire game it's so intense. I'm wa- you're watching these teams feel each other out. Pro, you know, it's a weird. They say probing a lot. They're trying to feel the defense out, see the weak spots, so they can go score a goal. And when it happens, I remember the other last week. I'm watching Arsenal, who's in first place in the Premier League, and they're playing a team called Wolverhampton. Okay, love the Wolverhamptons. <laughs> the, the, um, and and it's a it's it's a Saturday morning game. Wolverhampton is second to last place in the league. I mean, this is the equivalent of. The Bucks playing the Pistons right now. Like, it shouldn't be in a, a game that we're that you're glued to the screen. But here I am finding myself glued to the screen. Arsenal scores. I jump out of my seat. I scream. Um, all this sort of stuff. And uh, my kids come running in. It was just a. It's just a middle of the season game against one of the worst teams. But the intensity is there and. Um, I love it. And awesome. I think you guys seem to be a little bit more passionate about, um, about basketball than I am. I, I play fantasy basketball. I'm, I follow the bulls, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think basketball- it is definitely, it's the, it's a culture thing. Obviously, like soccer is getting more pop- popular in the USA. Like there's, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Um, it is, it is just like I think like most sports we take for granted our understanding of the sports that we do follow I think from like even just watching basketball basketball is a little bit more of like an understanding of like there's there's certainly a ton of nuance to it but you can appreciate a really good shooter if even if you don't know what plays they're running because he's a great shooter like there is certainly more nuance to what makes like for success in something like soccer um and so it's definitely one of those things where you, but I do think there's a, there's a level of, because in our country you haven't like grown up where it's the predominant sport that you play and that you watch, right, right. It, is, it is a more foreign concept. And so part of sports is just kind of like being able to watch it and understand why it's good or not and understand all the storylines. And when you grow up with it, it's already pre-built, it's already inherent, especially like in most of these leagues, like they're very like passionate fan bases where like you are just, you care about it the way that you care about every bears game, even when the bears are awful because Mm -hmm. it is just, it is such a cultural thing. So I, I think it is one of those things where it just takes time to appreciate it. Like it's very similar to how I feel about like formula one now, because like I look, I'll readily admit I'm a, I'm a drive to survive created fan. I appreciate it now way more beyond it. 
but that the storylines that the show created for me that I was able to then watch for things like strategy and why yeah. something mattered more than just who was winning the race at a different time and all the different yeah. tire strategies and kind of like all those kind of things. Like it's, I can understand it's very similar to that. And it totally makes sense that like you just have to learn to appreciate it. Yeah. And then you start seeing all the beauty of it. And honestly, for one, it's, for me, like soccer is just one of those things where I was just kind of like, I'm sure I would enjoy it, but I already spend too much time watching sports, and eventually, I just ca- I can't watch all of the sports. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so, like, I've just kind of decided that, like, you know what? I will enjoy the major sporting events around it. And look, maybe this will change in the next couple of years, and I will find a team and love it. But like, I've kind of just been okay not like embracing it wholeheartedly as like a sport that I'm gonna consume regularly. Yeah, because I already do that with football and with basketball yeah. and yeah. with baseball and all the, all these different sports. So it's like, it's just a funny thing, but that's awesome. Cody. I love that you've figured out like you're like, you found that spot and you found that love and it like, a re- like it's so fun to find a sport that like resonates with you. And like yeah. you actually just sit there and watch it. And it's just like, it went from a way for you want to just communicate your fit, like with your friends, but now it's, now it's your sport. Yeah, Let's, it, is, it is. Go ahead. Good. Well, I, I was say let's I, shift gears a little bit to talking okay. about, the 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 big the big games coming up here this is this is like the pinnacle of like the rarity of an event feeding into the like specialness of it and the fact that it is such a it is a sport that is probably the most popular sport in the world and it's all the countries competing against her it's like the olympics on steroids it is uh, there's so many things about it that just make it like it's hard to even compare it to anything i actually had a friend once asked me he goes like you know, like, what's your favorite sporting event? He's like, mine's like the World Cup. Like, I don't get more excited about it. And he's like a soccer fan. He's like, Mike, I love that. I love soccer because, like, I think the greatest sporting event in the world is the World Cup. And I was like, you might be right. There's really not another sporting event in any other league yeah. that carries with it the weight that, like, the World Cup does because the rarity of it, because of how international it is. It's like, I, I, I have favorite sporting events in my different things like i look forward to the masters every year but it's not the same because i get the masters yeah. every single year and i yeah. love watching you know the nba finals or the but it's like because it's so spaced out in time it makes it much so much more special and the fact that it's like this month-long event it's it's really just like there's kind of no other sporting spectacle like the world cup yeah so Let's yeah. talk. Let's let's shift our conversation here, talking okay. a little bit about the World Cup here. Um, one thing you mentioned to me when we were talking going into this, um, and I think I will go first, and then Jensen go second, and then Cody, you can tell us how dumb we are. You said I don't want Cody. You told us I don't want you to do a ton of research going into this, and I kind of liked that idea because I thought you know what, like let's go in blind. I think that's kind of fun. And you said I want you to guess what the five best teams are going into the World Cup by like ranking and I'm I'm pretty curious to see how off I am on this because look I'm I'm a generally sportswear person I think I kind of know who's still like up there but I bet I'd be pretty surprised um by a couple of teams that are actually expected to be great and I have no idea so I'm gonna count you down from my five to one there's 
There's one in there that I had a friend told me that I already know that I really couldn't take credit for that I'll just put out there already. I think France is supposed to be like one of the best teams. Okay. And had he not told me that, there's not a chance in hell I would have picked France <laughs> to be one of the best teams. Okay. So I've got, that's a cheat grade for me already. Okay. So I, I got France in there. Okay. Um, Wait, hold on really quick before you go. Jensen, did, do you like, did you already look up these rankings or are you coming in blind to this as well? No, not as blind as Jesse. I because I, I talk about this uh, with okay. with Devin friend groups is enough. So, so I mean, so yeah, I'm looking I, at the official FIFA. There is actual FIFA. This isn't just like pundits ranking them. There's a point system, and there's an actual ranking. So I'm looking at it right now. So all right, Jesse, go go five to one. All right. So I think, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the rank. I'll just put France as my one. I'll just say because I I was told they're very good, so I'm gonna go France number one. Um, and I'm gonna go and I'll go five to two. So I'm gonna go number five, Germany, because I think Germany is just always good in the World Cup. Um, and I have no idea if they're still good. Okay. Most of these rankings are based off of last the last World Cup, and um, so we're just gonna keep going. So Germany, I got Germany up there. Um, I'm gonna say Argentina just because I'm a Messi fan, and but I've don't know if he has anybody else playing around him, but I'm going to go Argentina's uh, supposed to be a good team. Uh, I'm going to leave Portugal off. That's going to be my sleeper pick, that Portugal's not actually very good. Um, and they just have Ronaldo and nothing else. Uh, and then I'm going to go, let's see. Let's take, so I've gone Germany. I've gone France, Port, uh, Argentina. Let's say England is a top five team. And let's say, oh, I, I know it's ah, it's, either, it's like Netherlands are always good at this. Or let's go Netherlands. Uh, is it ne- oh, is it Netherlands? Is that the country I'm thinking of? The Dutch? Is it the Dutch or Netherlands? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go. Oh, dude, it's probably Belgium, but I'm going to go Netherlands. All right. So, so I'm got- going France, Germany, England, Netherlands, Argentina. How'd I do? Okay. Uh, oh wait, hold on. Do you want Jensen to go first, or Jensen feels like he already knows that I'm wrong? Jensen Maybe has, this is just has a sense to him right now that he knows the five. I, I think. All I right, know give the me your five, like Jensen. Before seven. we before we reveal, give me yeah, give me yeah. your five. Who? Give me your top. So five. Right. I think I think the five, and I'm gonna go one to five if that's okay. 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 Just because I think so. It's right, can, Brazil, Argentina, France, Belgium, and England. I think that's it. Dang it, it was Belgium, wasn't it? Okay, so, hey, great job. Yeah, Jensen, your knowledge is... you, you, Jensen, you got the five correct, not in the exact order. Okay. Okay, so the, the order going five to one, and this is based on current form. I like the Germany pick. They're, a, they're always a perennial contender. Uh, current form, they're actually ranked 11th in the world right now. Um, number five is England. Okay. Number Number oh, four. That's not good. They're in our group. <laughs> number four. Number four is France. Number three is Argentina. Number yeah, that's good. Number two is Belgium, and number one is Brazil. Wow. Okay, so I didn't have Brazil. I'm actually kind of shocked that Argentina's up there. I was almost half yeah. kidding when I said them because but the only player I know of like an Argentine soccer player right, is Messi, right. and he's like what? Is he 38 now? 36? Like. He's not peak messy anymore. So where so do you guys, surprising. if okay. if you had to guess of the top, if you know top fifty, where do you, where would you put the USA? This thing, I think I actually do know this. I think they're like I don't know eighteenth. I think they're eighteenth. I was in that gonna, range. Okay, Jensen, would, what would you say? I was gonna say 
28. 28? <laughs> I think okay. they're up there, yeah. Uh, you know, 28 being pretty low, right? Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know where I would have put them um, if I was going to this blind, but they are the number 16 team okay. Uh, in the world. And so, you know, top five. I think five, that's was, partly me tempering my expectations. Yeah. Like they're bad. They're bad. So, they're bad. Okay, so anything I was, good I was is pretty surprising. close on there. I, so, yeah. I think ahead, the, the big thing that like American fans that like have been hearing about this young generation of American players that like we're supposed to be all getting really excited about. It's like they are, they are good. They're not great. And so I think the average like American fan is might be coming into this thinking that like the U S is a top 10 team. And we're definitely not that. No. Yeah. The hype, the hype doesn't We're not a bottom third team though. No, we're we're a mid pack. We're a mid pack country. So I'll give you my irrational take right off, not right off the bat here. We're in it a little bit, but um, I don't think USA makes it out of the first group stage. Wow. Okay. I I think they have a really hard group. I think England um, should easily win the group. On paper, USA is the next highest ranked. But uh, if you're going on rankings, Iran and Wales are yeah. both top 20 teams. Mm. Um, so you have a group of four top 20 in the, in, in the world teams. And um, I just don't have a lot of faith right now in the depth of talent that the USA can put on a field. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not just doing that to be different. I just don't think they'll make it out of the group. And I think it'll be a rude awakening for the – um, the soccer uh, uh, fans in America that there is a growing fandom. The talent pool is getting better, but realizing how far away we were from the rest of the world uh, in terms of when we started, I mean, cause it's only been in the last two decades that we've really started to pour an investment into the soccer infrastructure in our country, developing the MLS um, expansion teams and then getting fans interested. So we're a relatively newborn in the sport um, of taking it seriously. Uh, I think it'll be a while. I think it'll be another World Cup or two before um, we could make it to the round of sixteen or, or, or eight or something like that. Out of yeah, curiosity, so for, so for the listeners that don't know, the way the World Cup works is that every team. What's the total of number of teams 32. in thirty-two? This 32 year, teams thirty-two. Make, so. Next year, forty-eight. Yep. Expanding to 48. Wow, they're adding that many teams? Yeah. Wow. And Mo Salah fun, really didn't like missing at, out. <laughs> as I was looking into this, you guys want to know a little, I'm going to go in a little story for you. In the 1982 World Cup, it was 24 teams. And they were talking about how going to 48 teams, they're going to have to get creative with the scheduling because 32 is perfect when it comes to scheduling. What happened in 1982, and I forget what it was, it was a country that starts with G. Um, there was a group of like West West Germany because there was a West Germany in 1982 and there was also Austria and then it was um, it was an it was an African for the record there's still in Austria well (laughs) so there was a North Austria and a West Germany just kidding there was a North Austria this is a great story anyways what happened is that they were in the same group And this African team plays their final group stage game and they actually win. And now Austria and German or West Germany and Austria, they are playing each other and they already know the result of what happened previously. And they realize that we can both advance based on goal differential. And Cody, you can explain that in a minute. And so what happened is West Germany scores in the first 10 minutes 
And then Austria just lets them pass the ball around because they know they don't have to do anything and they both advance because they didn't want to lose. Or it didn't matter if they lose or drive. I think if Austria won, Western so basically they, they don't want teams to necessarily know the outcomes of the game. Exactly. Well, which, they, so which is which, why, but that's something that every sport has to contend with in some in some way, shape, or form. Like there's lots of like scenarios in which win well, and go I home think, and yeah. tie and all that. It's like, but interesting story, Jens. Well, it was North because Austria. of the 24 teams. It was it was based on scheduling. 32 helped gotcha. fix. Well, for the record. Now I don't know how long it's been happening. I feel like for a while, um, the last game of, of the of the group stage um, is all played at the same time. Yep. Uh, so that that for, was the change those, that was made yeah, based okay. on that kind and, of thing. Uh, so and they do, the group yeah. stage is the first series of the competition where everybody you're guaranteed to play three times. Every yep. team that makes the World Cup is guaranteed to three play three times because all 32 yeah. teams are then split up into groups. There are uh, was that eight groups of four, mm-hmm. eight groups of four. And every team plays each other once inside their group, and the two top the top two teams inside each group goes to the next. And the your top team is decided by the number of points you score. You get three points for a win, one point for a draw, right. no points for a loss. Right. So it's basically what the you know any team most teams what you need to do is you need to kind of win a game, draw a game, and you're probably going to get through. That t- tends to be. It doesn't always work out that way, but a win and a draw, or maybe a win and two draws, that's that's usually a good result. If you have, you know, I guess yeah, if you have more than two losses, your two losses or more, it's it's a lot less of a sure thing. But you don't need to like win all three games to guarantee to advance. Like it's it's just no. the first stage the of the best competition. Team, the best teams in the world should win all three games, but um, but then no, they don't they don't have to by any means. So then yeah. then the the uh, the next round, the round of sixteen. Uh, whatever teams finish, it just first. becomes single elimination at that point. Single Once you elimination. Get the group stage, that's when you, it's single yep. elimination games. That and, from the, and the teams point. that finish first get put in a pot, and uh, and they they don't play each other. They will play um, a team that finished second in the round of sixteen. So if I don't want to get too sidetracked on the technicalities. <laughs> I, I don't even want to talk like about you, that, team, but Team USA <laughs> expectations. No, look, look, look. I'm just getting us back on track. But yeah. Cody, what I what I want you here for because this is what I don't know at all. I've done a little bit of like US research. They're who I'm going to be following, but like, what are the big storylines globally yeah. going into this World Cup? You know, like who is. Who's expected to do great? Who's going to be like, yeah. who's supposed to be great, but like you think is going to struggle? Like, what are what are the talking points? Big picture, we're talking World Cup 2022. What are the first things that come to mind when we're talking about World Cup 2022? Okay, so we're going to, I'm going to stay on the field as much as possible. But to be honest, the first thing that comes to mind is the uh, the controversy around the location. There's going to be a lot of talk about Qatar. Sure. We don't need to get into it, but it's going to be gotten into a lot the the culture there a lot of people very upset that it's happening uh there um you know there are um there's just that that'll be an interesting it'll be interesting to kind of step back and watch as the tournament unfolds and see how uh it's received by the soccer community but on the field Mm. um you have two of the greatest of all time uh saying goodbye to international soccer in this world cup they haven't officially retired, but Ronaldo and Messi, this will be their last World yeah. Cup. Um, this will be our last chance to see them. Um, and they really, 
in the soccer world, they are. This is LeBron uh, and MJ and Kobe. This all is kind LeBron of and Jordan playing at the same time. Basically. Yeah, this is them playing at the same time. This is they are. You go around the world, and they are fierce debates. I mean, passionate debates of Ronaldo versus Messi. Um, Ronaldo is the better better goal scorer historically. Messi is just an insane playmaker. The assist. And stuff, but there are purists who say Ronaldo came first. He's a, I think he's two or three years older than Messi, and um, so there are a lot of people that are holding on to him as the MJ, as he was the first to kind of us, you know, in that generation, um, ascend to that level. And the people that love Messi, um, you know, it's a stats versus. I don't know. It's it's a wild debate, and it'll be super. But the the thing that both of them are missing, neither one I, of them I, has. I'm won more a of a World messy Cup. guy, just because if he uses less hair gel. But that's <laughs> it's well, not really. There's a lot. Thing. Okay, and just going into the World Cup, uh, if we had if we had done this podcast a week ago, maybe this wouldn't have been as big of a deal. But you have arguably the greatest of his generation, or the greatest of all time, Ronaldo, and he is struggling. To end his career. Um, Interesting. Okay, so, he's, so he has he, not played he, well this last season. So he, so he plays. So he, it's kind of this storybook story. Play. It's yeah. a storybook story. So one Ronaldo came. He played at a lot of different clubs throughout his career. One of the first ones he played at was Manchester United, um, which is, I think, if you could look it up. They, I don't. The Cowboys might have overtaken them as the most valuable sports team in the world, but for a long time it was Man U, and he came up. He was a young star at Man U. Well, now in the twilight of his career, he signs back with Man U, and so there's a this beautiful storybook ending. He's gonna, you know, lead Man U back to the top of the Premier League, and, and you know, and that has not happened. He has, uh, he's not in good form. So that's just a soccer way of saying he's not playing great right now. Um, so he hasn't so been playing great. When, when that happens with a soccer player, is like, do you think he's injured? Is he just slowing down? Is he just? Yeah. Is it just kind of statistical, kind of? The variance where you're just kind of yeah. like it's regression against the like the normal, and he's just missing. He's getting. Do you think he's getting unlucky, or do you think there's like a real loss in skill that's affecting him? I think there. I mean, he's. I don't know, Jensen. How old is Ronaldo? Is he 37, 36? I think oh, he's 36. So I think his athleticism is obviously going down just a, a tad. Um, he can't do what he used to do in terms of. Um, 37 turning 38 in February. Yeah. So he's just getting older. And then the way soccer works, if you go a few games without putting your I best mean, foot I mean, I did just forward, watch Ted Lasso. They had to bench their captain. Yeah, the exactly. I, what I have learned about soccer, they are they have you get a very quick hook. If you don't play well for a match or mm-hmm. two, you're not in good form. And you got to get back in good form quick. And for strikers like Ronaldo, the only way to really feel like you're back in good form is to put the ball in the net. And if you're not doing it, people are going to point at you and go, you're not. So, but that's not even, so he hasn't been able to perform well. And that's led to him getting benched. And then that led to him walking off the field um, during matches. And uh, only a couple weeks ago, he the there was yep. a big... He walked off the field when his coach was trying to put him in. Right. Well, and, and so for a player that has the the strategy, the formations, like the point where like everything was built around him. Yeah. 
for his almost his entire career. So he comes back to Man U. And there's a lot of really good players here, like Rashford and Bruno Fernandez, and they're they're bringing uh, and Anthony, and they're bringing all these young yeah. guys and young blood, and he's still expecting maybe this similar treatment. And a fun little twist in this drama is that Bruno Fernandez, who is his teammate in Man, Man U, also plays for the Portugal national team, and there's been a lot of drama within yeah, the team around that. Um, so, and so Jesse, I don't know if you national play completely unfamiliar. This would be basically Aaron Rodgers la- before beating the Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers just putting his helmet down and walking off the field. He hasn't played well. His team's not playing well. He's out. And yeah. the, you know the level of discourse oh, I, that I was going to use the I was going to use the LeBron fake injury with the cat last year with the Cavs where he took his jersey off and walked off the, yes off that, the court. It's but. that it's to that level again. You uh, I you guys but are that's because I'm a LeBron fan. Hey, um, so the disc the, <laughs> the level that, uh, this is being talked about. I did about. see the I did see the the storyline about him where he walked out on the basically on the team mid game. Um, and now and he's giving. Thing. <laughs> He's giving interviews. So then the, the Premier League goes on a break so that everyone can go play the World Cup. He goes and sits down with Pierce Morgan and does, oh, an, no. does an interview where he bas- he rips Man U to shreds. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to go play the World Cup. To, he goes to, to shreds. I mean, like, just gutted like, them. Like, oh they are now naked to the world in regards to what the last so wait, two years is he been. not playing for them again next season or like oh, he he will never take the field for Man U again now they haven't Man U hasn't made a decision it's the World Cup break so they're trying right. to figure out what to, they but so they literally, is the is this they the took end his banner of the down Premier League season or is no. this like it's like a break in the middle of it yeah imagine a, a month long All Star break got it but okay month long All Star break in the middle of the season got it. But they're and playing they a literally in Qatar. They, they <laughs> yeah, exactly. They haven't. Man, you have. They're going Man to the Ch- desert to play <laughs> soccer. Yeah, yeah. Not Palm Man- Springs. Manchester United Qatar. has not um, made a public comment yet, but they they took down the banner that of him outside the Dang. stadium. Dang. So then he then he shows up to practice for Portugal, and there's his teammate from Man U. And there, there's an awkward, just Google Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandez, and it is awkward in that locker room right now. So, All right, so that, okay, so that'll I, be a big storyline. Is Portugal supposed yep. to be any good? Yeah, I, um, Portugal. Top 10? They're, they're top okay, 10 top team. 10, they're, yeah. I think they're the number nine team in the world. Um, and yeah, there's, it wouldn't be a surprise to see them go far. Is Messi yep. still good? Messi's still amazing. Okay. Messi is in form, and Argentina are arguably the most informed team coming into the um, into the World Cup. They haven't lost a friendly or a, a European uh, game in thir- they're, they're thirty five and zero in their last thirty five games. I so, also haven't lost a friend in the last five years. So did I say I friend? Like really oh, friendly. <laughs> uh, um, they probably Cody, lost friends. That was an American joke. Cody, tell me what you tell me what you think about this. It's coming off the top of my head because um, one of the other storylines, not just your thunder, is that Messi, you know, kind of referenced it, has not won a World Cup international, you know, trophies. He has not done very long. It's actually kind of one of the black marks in his career. Like if he would have won a World Cup already, goat conversation over. It's Messi. He's got it because international play comes so much more into the picture. That's why some people have Maradona as the greatest of all time because of what he did for Argentina internationally. 
But Messi right now, internationally, go with me, he's the Chris Paul of international play. Why is every and, analogy you make involving Chris Paul? <laughs> it's probably Ryan Rosillo's impact on my life. Um, but he is you know, a winner. He's a fantastic teammate. He can control the is pace. Is Chris Paul a winner? He hasn't won a championship. But neither has, has he, but internationally. Has he won a conference? He's a winning player. He, he always, he he went always to the elevates finals. the teams that he's on, okay. I think is okay. the argument he's making. Is he always, he that elevates. was tongue-in-cheek, but I, I, I legitimately don't know as much no, about totally. basketball as you guys. He went to the finals I think it's a little ago. insulting to Messi to call him Chris Paul because Just Messi's been like the MVP of like world soccer like what, eight times? No, but I'm not talking about club soccer. Oh, you're just I'm talking international play. Just okay, international play. All right, all right play. I'm tracking with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Mess, yeah, yeah. Messi, Messi has not. He just he has this, you know, the Billy Goat, like the the curse and saying. And if he can do something this this World Cup, which interestingly enough, FIFA has run simulators in the past three World Cups, and they have rightfully predicted every single winner. And they ran the simulator. Guess who they had winning? Well, it sounds I mean, like Argentina. Based Argentina? on your lead up, yeah, Argentina. <laughs> yeah, Argentina. <laughs> right. So I, I nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> that was, wow. yeah what a, I'm, I'm what get a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> but which is which is very interesting. And and also in that simulator, yeah. just for whatever it's worth, so, they had America go into the quarterfinals. Okay, so the two legends going out, coming in on very different notes. So def- obviously players to watch. Um, what else, what else are you watching for Cody? I would, uh, just to go back to Jensen real quick, I I would call I would call Messi the Dan Marino, um, of, of European. Okay. I think Dan Marino is held in higher regard in his sport than Chris Paul is. And Dan Marino also does not have a Super Bowl ring. So that's just an aside. Um, yeah. So Chris but, Paul is Dan Marino. Could he just That's also what we decided. It's not helpful for you to suddenly get <laughs> two centimeters away from your microphone. I'm well, going to have to fix that now in post. Okay. Well, do you want me to do this all over again? Let's Dan all class. Just, just get, I just <laughs> all look for a little consistency. That's okay. All. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So what else to look for? Um, well, again, I'm not as well-versed in the U.S. men's national team. I'll leave that to you, for you guys to talk to, to another expert or – figure that out. I, I, I do think from the U.S. side, obviously I'll be watching their games. I think they play Monday afternoon. Yep, first um, game is against Wales on Monday. Yeah, and, and, and it, yeah, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be all in. Weston McKinney is uh, probably the best, most talent on the field for the U.S. I think in terms so of... You call him best player for U.S. team is McKinney? Yes, yeah. Okay. Midfielder, is that right? Midfielder? He plays midfielder, and he plays midfielder for historically one of the best teams uh, in Europe. But this year they're not doing great. I think he plays midfield for Juventus, um, which is a big name. The fact that anytime if, here's a good cheat sheet for if you're wanting to know how talented a U.S. men's soccer player is, if they are playing for a top or for a European league team, they're they're good. So you look at Pulisic; he's playing for Chelsea. You look at uh, McKinney, Juventus. You look at Gio Reyna. This is the thing. Gio Reyna's 19, and he's he's yeah. playing for what, Bayern Munich? Uh, is that oh, where Gio Barcelona. Reyna is? I think he's Barcelona. I'm on it. Keep going, Cody. He, um, so if, if you just are you watching the game or you want to look up their roster and you find out, um, I really like um, Aronson, uh, uh, a midfielder. Oh, Dortmund. Thank you. That's Dortmund. an even... That's yes, a, yes, yes, yes. Um, Dest plays for Barcelona, I believe. 
So the you know the the top the top of the top for America they they're playing in European leagues. They're just we're waiting for that American that can go over to Europe and dominate. And Pulisic right, all, hasn't all the done American it. players in those club leagues. They're role players, correct? They're real players. Yeah, yeah. They're role players, and they're young. They're Gio real players, 19. but they're role players. They're not the they're not the top yeah. line guys for these teams. Yeah, um, I think you could actually argue the, that Aronson is one of the top line guys for the Leeds. Yeah, I, that, and that's what I was going to say. I like Aronson a lot. He doesn't have yeah. the name brand that right. uh, Pulisic or McKinney or even you know Yedlin and and, and all them have. Yeah. Um, but I think he played. I just watched Arsenal play Leeds recently, and that Aronson guy was all over the pitch, yeah. and he was awesome. He was to the point that I was like, I I would like us to sign him. Um, yeah. We need yeah. we need midfield help. Let's go get this guy. So. Um, from a from an American side of things, if if we're if you're if the players are playing in Europe, um, that's a good sign. You could also just Google their name and put FIFA twenty three next to it and find out how FIFA ranks them. That's a arguably a really good way to find out. Which I'd be interested in um, what FIFA says like Pulisic is. But Cody, I have a question for you. Yeah, this is kind of taking us away from the U.S. team for for a second. Yeah. But. How is Belgium so good? <laughs> Belgium like, has a, a a population as a country that is smaller than the state of Illinois. Yeah. I said Illinois. That's a wow. That means wow. Whoa. I have been in Tennessee far too long. Whoa, Sorry. Ah, sorry about that, all my locals in Illinois. Um, <laughs> have fun being I do a Titans to fan for the rest the of your state. life. Oh, don't kick me out. Don't ban me from the state. That's I'm right. sorry. We'll all that on. to say. They have a population that is less than the state of Illinois. Yeah. How is a country like of that size? Like, how do they genuinely like? How would they become like a top five country in the world? Are they that talented? Are they that organized? What is it that makes a team like a Belgium that doesn't have necessarily like the mass player of pools, like yeah. pool of players to pull from? How do they become so good? So it helps to have a couple of the best players in the world. Um, okay. Great. So so they have Eden Hazard. They have. Uh, uh, Lukaku, um, that I'm, I'm blanking on. Is De Bruyne? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. De Bruyne. He's yeah. arguably the best midfielder on the planet. He's incredible. And then you have, and and, and then I, I just think some of these small teams. If you go back and look at, if if I go back to the FIFA rankings, um, yeah, Belgium's in there. Of course, you have Italy. You have uh, what is Italy ranked? Italy, I believe, is top ten. Let me. I'm pulling it up right wow. now just to make sure I don't. Italy is six. So you got well, your top. We know that your tops, you guys know Italy didn't. I mean, Cody, you probably just. You know, they didn't qualify. They didn't qualify for the World Cup. Yeah, so they are the sixth best team ranked in the world, and they didn't qualify. That's how hard it is to qualify out of Europe. After Wait, they're not in the World winning Cup this the year? Euros two years ago. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Wow, you don't see Italy in. The, so that, and that's I mean, what I that think. Seems like a storyline. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's a storyline in the sense of, oh, wait, where's Italy again? Oh, golly, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, they won the Euros two years ago. The Euros is the tournament in between the World Cup where these teams get a chance to to um, play each other and, and and hoist a trophy. And Italy won it two years ago, and Dang. then they came over here to. Uh, uh, they didn't come over here to Texas. They came over to the, the tournament and uh, didn't make it in. So I think 
a team like Belgium is a great example of why another reason why I love soccer and why it's the world's biggest sport. Um, the culture of these countries, the three of us sitting here having this conversation, think about it. Our sports fandom growing up and now into adulthood is being poured into football, basketball, baseball, college football for me, college basketball for me, golf, F1, all this stuff. You go over to Belgium, it's soccer. Yep. That's it. Like it is, right. I mean, I know, so I know it's I'm basically, being facetious. It's the experiment of like what, you know, if you truly poured all your athletic resources into one sport, like exactly. yep, what totally. would the outcome be? And it's like, you would actually be the best in the world at something. Yeah. If imagine that was LeBron all your playing in a forward <laughs> position. Like, I, imagine. I maintain that actually the best like soccer athlete that America has created that doesn't play soccer is Russell Westbrook. I think if you put Russell Westbrook on a on a foot on like a soccer field, he would be an absolute menace. But yeah. that's a side conversation. I, th- there's a part of me that when I watch these games, I'll be watching Monday. I'll be watching USA versus Wales, and there'll be a big part of me that wishes I had had a chance to experience that level of passion uh, from a young age. That these mm-hmm. nations, I, I I was in Uganda like ten years ago, literally in the middle of nowhere, um, on on, on, a, on a on a mission trip, and I. We the, uh, turn the corner and there's a soccer field with kids from all the neighboring villages. And I got to play soccer with them. It is the most accessible sport in the world. And I, when you have these communities and these countries that this is the only thing that they're pouring all of their sports fandom into. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for the, from a tactical uh, standpoint, you, if you want to be a coach on the on the Belgium national team, you've got to be one of the best. Co- you have to know your stuff, and um, I just love it. I love it so much. It makes me very happy. I'm I'm glad it's only a, it's only uh, every four years. I'm also extremely disappointed. Guys, breaking um, news: Denmark is the tenth ranked team in the world. Did not see that coming. Yeah. Again, oh. this is. Um, you. This is like the equivalent to some degree of power ranking the NBA right now. Like Fair. you power rank okay. the NBA right now, and it's Golden State is what? Okay, you know. So there's some powerhouses yeah. like Germany. I think deserves to be probably closer to a top five team. They just you know didn't play with this goal differential in the Euro stuff like that. So, um, can, what are the teams wanted, that you like? Or go ahead. Sorry, if you have a question for us. Well, I wanted to ask a question just based on this uh, getting excited again and and it being the World Cup. Can I ask you guys to tell me? What do you think the most watched Super Bowl of all time is? By like number? But number, uh, however they calculate it and they say, you know, 50 million people tuned in and watched gotcha. this. Okay, I, I'd say 120 million is probably the most watched Super Bowl. Okay, any idea, any guess of which Super Bowl you'd put that at? Um, I'm going to say it was probably within the last 20 years. It was probably one of like the Patriots Super Bowls. Maybe yeah, like... Patriots Falcons is what I'm going to guess. Okay. I'll go Patriots you're, Giants, but you're really uh, close, Jesse. The the largest Super Bowl viewership in history was actually the Patriots versus the Seahawks. 
I think uh, I think this is the game that they didn't hand it off to Marshawn Lynch. Would be my guess. Yeah, Correct. I believe so. That's the goal line um, interception. A hundred and fourteen million people. Okay. Okay. Tuned in to watch the goal. The, pro- the projections right now, and again, I don't know how people come up with this, but it's there. The projections have the daily World Cup viewership for this World Cup is projected to be 225 million people. That's significant. Which means and by the time the tournament... that's how FIFA can afford to buy an entire country of Qatar and build stadiums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I just... Anyways... Okay, I just I think that's wild. Here's another another little. I want to ask you guys this, and then I'll tell you about who the teams that I I think are going to do the best in the World Cup and my kind of predict predictions. Um, Love it. Where do you think the USA's best ever finish at the World Ooh. Cup? Um, I want to say Great they've question. won. I think they've won a round of sixteen game, and I don't think they've gotten past the top eight. That's where I think they've stopped, Jens. I um I don't oh no I want to say I remember them making it I'm gonna say they'd never made it out of the group stage. No, okay. they've made it out of the group stage. They've so, definitely made it out of the group stage. Um, the first ever World Cup had 13 nations participate, and in that World <laughs> Cup, which was in well, ninth, <laughs> dear, dear God. 1930. We need we need like a wow. Super Bowl era qualification right. or something like that. The, this is the U.S. best. This is what I'm saying. The best okay, we've okay. ever best finished ever. was yep. the first one that ever happened in 1930. Yep. We got third. Oh, okay. We And we okay. didn't even have to play a third place game. They just gave it to us. <laughs> <laughs> they had a championship game and then they were like, yeah, USA, you guys were America the next best three. team. Come on up, number three. So I Perfect. just think that's wild. Okay, okay, okay modern so let's, era? Let's modern, modern era? I don't know. To be honest, I think, yeah, we've made it out of the group stage, but probably haven't made it past that. Um, it says the other one, the team's best performance was in 2002 when it advanced to the quarterfinals. There you go, there you go. Okay. Oh, so they got to the top, so they got to the top eight. Yes. Quarterfinals would be four games, yep. so that would be, that would be eight teams. Would that, have been, they, that, that was as far yeah, as they've got. Would that but it yeah. peak Landon, or is that before Landon? What year did you say that was? Peak Landon, for sure. 2002, I mean, he he's carried been out of soccer his for nation least. on those slender little shoulders of his. <laughs> my my, he, my he prediction of uh, Altidore's football body to carry, help him, help him carry the load. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and perpetually torn hamstrings, but that's a different story. Yeah. So, okay, when I look at the World Cup, I, I don't think USA is going to make it out. I, I hope to be wrong on that. I just, it's it's a hard so you're, Okay, so um, prediction number one from you is USA not out of the group stage. Yeah, I don't think Do you they'll think make it's it going to be England and Wales or England and Iran? I'm going to say England and Iran right now. Um, wow. Okay. I'm going to go England. I'm Iran. sure we could put some sanctions on Iran to stop that. There's <laughs> yeah. Got to be something we can do. Um, yeah. I just, well, I, I'd love to be, to be disappointed uh, or not. I'd love to be wrong. But um, what I see, um, even if we got out of the groups st- or uh, out of the group stage, I just look at some of these rosters and it is so uh, telling. We might have three or four or maybe five. Uh, players that have the talent to play top level European football. But there are teams on here that have rosters that they have guys injured that 
playing injured, they might be our best player. Right. <laughs> you so so here you go. Um it's funny, Jesse, when I asked you who who your top five teams are, you're like France. France. France is the most recent winner. They're the defending champion okay. of the World Cup. Uh it is very hard. I was, if not in, I like I said, as soon as the US was out of the twenty eighteen World Cup, I was kinda yeah, I was kinda out. I was like, what are, what are, what are we even doing here? So France, um the most recent winners, France, Germany, Spain, Italy, Brazil. France, Brazil. Those are the most recent winners. Brazil, okay. historically, if you, were, if, you were, if you were awarding teams points based on their finish in the tournament, Brazil would be the best team ever to play in the tournament by far. Um, so uh, France is... Uh, okay, so my second irrational take is going to be this. Brazil has the best World Cup roster ever, and France will win. And wow. France will win, and they will they will repeat as champion with injuries. And this might not mean anything to to you right now, uh, unless you but, say anybody's name other than Mbappe. It definitely won't. So <laughs> so Ingolo Kante, Paul Pogba, and Christopher nope. Nkunku nope. are three players that have like torn hamstrings that you could put them on the U.S. team right now, and they'd be the best player. That's yeah. that's like the level of of talent gap that I don't know that mo- the average fan realizes. And they're going to get frustrated if we don't make it out of the group stage, or they're going to get frustrated if we make it out and then get embarrassed by one of these top teams. But the talent gap is it's Alabama versus McLennan community college. It is massive. <laughs> Just made the U S men's national team a community college. Yeah. That, that and, hurts and, my feelings a little bit. And that's seems, not, I'm American. Seems extreme. Seems extreme. <laughs> But you look at these teams. Okay, so so Jesse, the, at least say the, it's like Alabama versus like the New York Jets or the something College like of that. William and Mary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Brazil, look for Brazil to score an insane amount of goals. When I say they have the best roster maybe ever, I mean is okay, Neymar still good? Neymar, Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo, Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli, Rafina, Richarlison, Anthony, Pedro, Bruno Guimarães, Casemiro, Tiago, Tiago Silva. These are most of those guys. I would say half of the guys I just listed, you could make an argument they're the best at their position in the world. And Neymar, there's players, Jr. And there's players that were left up like a Firmino. Who, Firmino, just yeah. because the attacker, the attacking position is so strong, they didn't need him, and he's now Jensen. Did, let me ask you, you if Fir- okay, if question. Fir- Hold on, quick question. Does Firmino have any interest in becoming an American citizen? Because <laughs> I'm under the impression that the United States doesn't really have an attacker. Yeah. Um, and well, so, Pulisic, just put it out there. Pul- well, but Pulisic is a wing, good. isn't he? He's not true. He's not a true yeah, striker. He, he's, he's. I don't know. You watch Chelsea more. I don't know where the U.S. team's going to play him. No, I think he's not. He's not going to play, play number. He, yeah, he's not going to play striker. From what I've heard, he's going to be the. He's going to be a significant part of their attack. But like in terms of like, right. it's almost like to use more like American sports terms. It'd be like saying the U.S. doesn't have a true point guard. Like they don't have like yeah. or like. It's not like yeah. the point guard does the position of the attacker. But like, it's like saying the U.S. has scorers, but they don't have a a Chris yeah. Paul. They don't have a Kevin right. DeBron. <laughs> they don't have Durant. Exactly. They don't have a Kevin Durant. They've got a bunch of scorers that are not yeah. like true yeah. Yeah. attackers. This is why that I understand it. So I, you look at, yeah. So Brazil, I just think you look at their roster, it's incredible. 
I don't know. I'm just because I'm on the, a podcast called Irrational Fan. That's why I'm taking France. If I was putting money on it, I would it. I would have a hard time putting money on any team other than Brazil, France. Uh, you have Mbappe. So Brazil, look for Neymar. You don't. You know, if you're just an average casual fan, who do I look for? Look for Neymar in Brazil. Uh, and look for Vinicius Jr. I'd look at Anthony. Oh. He's in pretty pretty good form. With uh, honestly, and- look for look for Vinny more than name. That guy is electric. Plays yeah. for Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Yep, he's incredible. He might be half Brazil's of Brazil's team plays for Real Madrid. Like they're insane. <laughs> I don't know how they afford these guys. France, you've got Kylian Mbappe. So it's a fun name to say, and he's one of the best young football players on the planet. He's yep. next to Benzema, Griezmann, Dembele, Kunde, Verane, Saliba. They've got this. I don't. Uh, I don't know how old uh, Arulian Chuchimani is, but he's he's going to be in their midfield and um, along with Ka- uh, Kamavinga. Don't let the names just go. Watch France. They're phenomenal yep. and, and arguably the best goal- goalkeeper in the world. Courtois. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, guys, so, we're. We're getting to we're we're about an hour into the podcast here, and I have just a couple more questions. I'm like, as a fan, I want to yeah. know what I'm watching for here. Yeah. So you you've made your predictions. You think France or is going to win out over Brazil in this? We've got our top five. What I kind of want to know is like when I'm watching these games, like it like the the axiom defense wins championships. Does that? ring mm. true in in soccer like what tends to be the winning strategy is it the is it the seven second or less suns to use another NBA analogy where it's just like the offense that just overwhelms you or it's like the passing attack that just can score and score and score yeah but they can't back it up and they just win shootouts or is it the teams that can lock you down defensively that tend to go further and what what tends to be the dominant style of play of these really elite teams so i would say the um the every team just like in a premier league or the bundesliga every team is kind of takes on the personality of their manager and so they're not all the same i don't think there is a, a one recipe like defense wins championships i would argue that um elite players making elite plays win world cups and um I would I I would say, in my opinion, watching these players play. This is a problem. I don't watch international. I didn't watch the Euros, so I watch these players in their respective leagues. Then they all come together. They have a different right. manager. There's a, but I'm gonna say Brazil. When you look at the talent in Brazil, the Fran- and France in the top, you've got to be able to put the ball in the net. There's no drawing. Doesn't matter in the World Cup. Maybe in the group stage, if you're a bottom feeder team, you're looking to get some some ties, some draws. But you that is that is a no- notable caveat. In once you're past the group stage of the World Cup, there are no longer ties in soccer. Everybody likes to talk about ties in soccer. So so you but don't once you get yeah. to the gr- past the group stage, it's they just run. What is that? Fifteen minutes overtimes. So they just keep cycling them until somebody wins. Well, then no, then there's or does it eventually go to penalty. Kick? It goes yeah. it goes to penalties. Yeah. Is it after it, how many how many overtimes or how many like uh, it's a it's not, a full, they don't call it overtime. They call it um extra whatever. well extra um, time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the World Cup. Uh, that's a great question. Um, it'll be. It would be two halves. That's so it'd be at least another are. thirty minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. At least totally. 
before but they I go think, to shootout. Anyways, side note. I so it, it's, it it's does attacking. ultimately matter that you've got to you've got to have the winning team at the end. You can't just you can't bleed a team out on time. No, and no, no, none of these top teams are going to be the teams that what it's called in soccer park the bus where they they pull all their players back on the defensive side and they just try to like you said bleed you out and just maybe hit you on a counter or whatever. The the top teams and the teams that win the World Cup are going to be teams that have the talent in the midfield to control the game, control the pace, and they're going they have the attacking options to because soccer comes down to a game of I mean if you watch it, it is it is a game of of of, of feeling each other out, but ultimately it's um, finding moments where you can get a ball in the box and have that perfect run from a striker to head it or deflect it or whatever, it just it just takes a moment. And when you have these these elite players on on attacking that can capitalize on those moments, that's what's going to win. That's why I really I'm saying France, but mercy, you, you're kind of talking yourself into Brazil. I'm talking here myself into going. Brazil. I'm I'm talking well, myself into Brazil. What happens at every single major tournament is at the end of it, there's a goalie. That they can't stop talking about it. Yeah. Like I would say, it's you put the ball in the net, but every in the Euros or World Cup, every single time, the team that advances has a goalie, whether you knew his name or you didn't, that goes on this yeah. run or has a couple games where he's making these saves and he's changing momentum, and he literally wins the team a game based on what he does. Uh, yeah. It happens every single time. Okay, who? What team's got the? Is there a consensus best goalie in the tournament? He's actually on Italy. He's not. He's not playing. No, no. Yeah, he's not playing in the tournament. Okay. France probably Qatar. Yeah. Uh, Brazil's Al- Allison. Allison. Yeah. Um, who's he play for? Bra- Brazil. Uh, he play- no, Allison. Uh, hold on. I think he Let plays. Sure. And then I think um, he's Brazilian. And then Anderson plays for. He's Spanish, correct? Uh, yeah, Anderson. Yep. So I mean, all these you get to this level, and these pretty much all these top teams have the best players in the world at their position. It's that's what makes the World Cup so fun um, to see the best playing the best. And I'll be rooting for Messi. I won't be rooting for Ronaldo. I'm not a fan personally of just the way he's carried himself. Messi seems like a guy I'd like to hang out with. Ronaldo <laughs> seems like a guy that I would, if I went to hang out with him, I, he would just take his shirt off, and I'd feel real bad and walk away. Um, <laughs> Because that's, uh, but anyways, I, I love it. I hope as we kind of wrap up here, my hope is that y'all, we, USA makes a good run. They, the talent continues to elevate in America. But my hope is that somebody, whether on this podcast or not, um, starts watching soccer in between World Cups because there's, to me, I, I mean, I, I'm a rational fan, right? So I, I would say I'm a bigger fan of the English Premier League soccer than I am of the NBA. Um, and here's and 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 my my reasoning is this: um, it's hard for me Jensen, to watch. Make a note, it. We need a new guest for next week's NBA pod. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I can talk NBA. I know the stats. I know the players. I know the teams. And but when you turn a, an NBA game on, unless it's tied or close in the last two minutes, it's hard for me to sit on the edge of my seat and be captivated. And if no, that's it's the, the bar, true, it's and then, well, it's then, the reason that most sports fans, the only games they're going to truly make time out of their schedule for in American sports is the football because of the scarcity of the games. There's yeah. 16 of them. You want to watch your team play. That's that is kind of the downfall of 
kind of some of the American sports league is that there's so many games that it doesn't really bother you to miss one because there's 82 yeah. NBA games, there's yeah. 162 uh, MLB games, there's 82 NHL games. Most of our sports suffer from an oversaturation of games. That's why comparably in terms of like the sports that you're looking to go watch American football because of the scarcity of the games, that's why you're going to make time to go to those, watch those games. Cause you only get to watch them so many times. Right. Um, but also the nature of the games and the back and forth and the fact that they're so lowering and how it's low scoring and how everything matters is really important. Uh, I've got one, at least one more question here for you yeah. on this, on this world cup. So we're looking at the, the top, uh, the top 10. What is a team outside of that top 10 range or just a team you think could surprise a team you think people are just underestimating or you're just higher on them for no reason. Both of you guys could give an answer because you might both have a, a different team that you kind of like more than the consensus, but what, what's kind of a surprise team that'd be fun to watch for? Gents, what, what you got? Yep. Uh, I'm looking at Croatia. Oh, no way. Were you thinking the same one? I was. Yes, yes. I mean, it's really because okay, of one. Tell, tell me about Croatia. What makes them interesting? Cody might have more to say. Mine is really just about one guy. His name is Modric. And he won. Didn't he won? It's the definitely Mo- not how that's pronounced, but that's okay. Luka Modric? Yeah, Modric. Modric. Yeah, it is. Croatian guys usually like Modric or something. It's probably Modric. Yeah. Um, didn't he win the. Is it, is it called the Balloon d'Or? Balloon d'Or. Yeah, didn't he yeah. win that over Messi and Ronaldo like three years ago? They they won he, the World Cup he, eight years ago, I think. He won the I think it's in in, in international the golden boot it's the golden ball or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've they've always been contenders from what I can remember. I'm not the biggest World Cup buff, but I do know stories from 1982, <laughs> and um, that would be the team just kind of based off one man. With the outside top ten, I'm looking at, which okay, I Croatia. You know. And what what is he? Winger, striker? What was he do? Uh, board. He's a, like a he's a center attacking midfielder. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He um. Do they yeah, got was, great position names in soccer? Just a side note: center yeah. attacking midfielder. It is still confusing. Put that, put that on a business card and be like, "Let's go." <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So I was gonna say Croatia. Um. They because of Modric because they actually were the they they lost to France in the final in 2018. Mm, that's what it was. Um, so so they 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 played really well. Um, I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go with Germany, and it's kind of a cop out because I think they're probably a top ten team in reality. They're just outside of the rankings based on form. But um, Germany is always been a powerhouse they're always around and they do have some stars they have rudiger they have leo sane kai Havertz. even though i don't i think he's massively overrated in the premier league sorry jensen um he is uh uh he was supposed to be be like up there with mbappe like he was the next wonder kid and it never happened so um and then they have an old arsenal guy sergey nabry I, so I would I would I would not be shocked if Germany makes a deep run. Um, I'm also I think I don't know how Americans feel about it, but my other team that I'll be rooting for is England. And I just how think, dare you, sir? At least wait till <laughs> we're, we're buried in the ground before you 
Start yeah. taking the murder that, out that to dinner. Gosh, it seems odd. Jeez. I know you 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 love all these players. You watch the league. I get it. But every four this years, can you the put your allegiances aside? This is the equivalent of like the the uh, the the world having a uh, an um, an NFL tournament, and America never wins. <laughs> At some point, it'd be like, let's just give America a little. Like, I think, I think um, England won once in like 1960, but since then, they've basically been America. If you're just looking at, at, they don't, they haven't made the podium. And for a nation as obsessed with soccer as England, and have the talent, and have the most competitive soccer league in the world, for them, for them, say, just let's let them at least make the podium. These poor people. No, no mercy. They shouldn't have taxed our tea. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh, Cody, they had their chance at the Euros two years ago. Yeah, no, and no, they did. It's a different tournament, uh, but on a similar stage. Yeah. yeah, but I look at their roster, all right. and, I, and I know every one of them, but go yeah. watch Jude Bellingham, and that's all I have to say. I think, go, America. I think we're reaching the end of our effective knowledge here. Um, <laughs> parting thoughts, Cody. What, what, anything that's left on your chest here? Matches start this Sunday. What's what? What's what do you just any anything left on on the table? You just are wanting to look forward to, want people to know, or um, you know, we'll we'll obviously have you back on probably um, midway through the group stage or at the end of the group stage, and we'll kind of you know as a yeah. check in on the cup. But uh, final parting I, thoughts as we head into you, the first games. If you have a chance, wherever you live, try to go watch a USA game at a local bar or pub. Google Great it. advice. I think, I think if you don't like soccer, you could at least like the beer, but I think that environment alone could turn a lot of naysayers into pretty big fans. So that's there's a couple like, there's a couple groups that have like nationwide kind of like organization. Like I think American outlaws is one of the ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's an, I think there's another like fan group that you could probably find a local group of a USA fans and that is probably one of the best things. I did that back in the 2014 World Cup as I just went to a couple like just USA soccer bars during the games. And it's just like, you just can't help but just get into it at that point because yeah. you just got you know 200 people yeah. packed into a little room just losing their yeah. mind of everything. Yeah. They're doing the chance. I believe that we will yep. win, you know, all the good <laughs> yeah. stuff. So that, that would be my advice. Give it a chance. It's the best sporting event in the, outside of March Madness. Nothing. Oh, okay. Hot take. Nothing is uh, for me. The Super Bowl, the, the World Series, they just don't compare. Uh, there's something about the global aspect of it, but yeah, I'm excited. Go USA! Jen's I believe that we will play a game or two. You just you're you're already rooting against the USA. At least not. three. I, I feel a little betrayed. Hey, I'm rooting for England and USA to make it out of the group. I just I, I'm sorry. Um, my parting thoughts would be that this team is really young and the core of it's going to stay together for 2026, especially of being America. So do yourself a favor. Say you're not really into it right now. For your future self, when our team is actually maybe going to be playing more cohesive, better, all the players are going to be more skillful. They're going to be more veterans, hopefully better soccer players. Start watching now. And you will thank yourself in you know 2025 as we're playing friendlies, and then we get closer to 2026, and we're the host country. Like you are not gonna want to miss out 
on what the World Cup will be for America in four years. So start watching. That sounds uh, great. We are uh, we are going to have some more World Cup content coming to you. We'll probably do weekly check-ins after group stage games and different things like that. Uh, so this is a uh, this is one of those things where, yeah, I mean, most of the, like Jensen said, like you're catching a lot of these American players young, but I mean, it's realistic that most elite players only get to play in three to four of these in their entire lives. So the players care a lot. And everybody is just giving their all. And that's part of what makes it great as well is that, you know, it matters a lot to the players. So that makes it makes it uh, easier to care more as a fan as well. So yeah. it should be fun. I know I'm going to be watching as, uh, a ton of the games uh, and definitely going to be pulling for the U.S. of A. Uh, we'll probably have some more breakdowns of the specific USA players to be watching for that we're liking and not seeing. Maybe we'll put that early, early next week after the first game. Uh, so thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed our first guest on the pod. Cody, thank thanks you, sir, for, for joining me. us. Thanks, Bring Cody. Me back. Uh, I can, I'll talk about whatever you want. I'll be irrational. It was a, it was a pleasure. <laughs> it was our pleasure having you, sir. We uh, definitely appreciate what you bring to the table. Uh, Jensen, any farewell thoughts? Go USA. Go USA. All right, Go we'll USA. talk to you all next time. And we'll Peace. see you soon.